Here's what's coming up on the next Together for Salem. Peace, unity. Those things seem impossible right now, don't they? Like the world we're in just seems to be getting crazier and crazier and the idea of actually having a peaceful time or having a unified country seems almost impossible. But if we look around us, we see that it's not really anything new and it's not anything that's just outside of us because it's like right in our world, our relationships. There's turmoil with, with spouses maybe or your kids, especially with you know being away from school and locked down and that type of thing. Maybe with, with parents, maybe they have different opinions about things than you do. Or friendships, or coworkers. And that's not to mention the stuff that is going on inside of us that others can't see, but we can definitely feel. Whether it's, it's guilt or fear or shame, maybe anger. The turmoil we, ex we see around us, it really just mirrors the turmoil we experience inside of us. Welcome to another episode of Together for Salem. This is Monica. I'm Aaron. Welcome to our basement. On behalf of, on behalf of Cross Creek Community Church. Hey, you, you're catching part due of our series entitled It's Impossible. It's Impossible, that's right. Yes. So we're about to pass it over to our lead pastor, John mm -hmm. Silva, who's gonna talk to us about impossible proof. Right. Yeah, which is gonna be amazing. But before we do that, we just wanna say hello and welcome and we're glad you're watching us. Uh, we're watching this episode of Church at Home. So this is episode 43 of Together for Salem. Yeah. And if you would like to do this, it would be great for us to say hello to you because we're just looking at a camera, you're just looking at a screen, but it's a great way to make a connection. So fill out the welcome form on our website. It's very easy. Uh, you can give as little or as much information as you want to. If you don't want an e-gift card, you don't have to have one, but if you do want one, we would love to send you an e-gift card just for saying hello. There's a couple other options on the website that you should check out there on that welcome form. Mm -hmm. But that's really it. We're gonna pass it off to John now, and he's gonna talk about a chapter in Mark, which is super mm -hmm. fun. So enjoy it, and we'll see you on the other side with a couple other announcements. Peace, unity, those things seem impossible right now, don't they? Like the world we're in just seems to be getting crazier and crazier and the idea of actually having a peaceful time or having a unified country seems almost impossible. But if we look around us, we see that it's not really anything new and it's not anything that's just outside of us because it's like right in our world, our relationships. There's turmoil with, with spouses maybe, or your kids, especially with you know being away from school and locked down and that type of thing. Maybe with, with parents, maybe they have different opinions about things than you do, or friendships, or coworkers. And that's not to mention the stuff that is going on inside of us that others can't see, but we can definitely feel. 
whether it's, it's guilt or fear or shame, maybe anger. The truth is the turmoil we see around us mirrors the turmoil we experience inside of us. The turmoil we, ex we see around us, it really just mirrors the turmoil we experience inside of us and just kind of comes out around us. And so what do we do? I think the usual thing is we need change, right? We need to change politicians or change laws, maybe change your job or, or change your church, change your media inputs, change spouses, or, you know, if you're young, move out. But if you think about it and you've tried some of those things, and we've definitely tried changing lots of those things, that never works for long, does it? So you never, there's never this magic cure-all to, to fix things. There's no change that's going to fix everything. Things just seem to either go bad again or even get worse. The things we try to do to make things better just makes things worse. And so what's the answer? Well, there is an answer. I believe there really is an answer. And this answer might seem trite. It might seem like a cliche. And for a lot of us, it might seem impossible. Especially after what maybe you've experienced from others who have claimed to be speaking for God. But the real answer is a man, an ancient, ancient Jewish rabbi who did impossible things and said even more impossible things. This ancient Jewish rabbi offered us really the only thing that can fix the turmoil around us and the turmoil in us. And it's Jesus. See, Jesus did the impossible to prove what is actually possible. And that's what we are going to look at today. That Jesus did the impossible to prove what is actually possible. And to look at this, I want to look at this kind of, it, not kind of, it is an impossible story. But it actually happened. We find it in the eyewitness account uh, that we call the, the gospel, the book of Mark. It's probably uh, the apostle Peter's eyewitness account that he told to his friend Mark. And Mark wrote it down as Peter was talking. And in this account that we're going to look at, Jesus is just starting his ministry. He's just starting to get popular. And people are starting to say, hey, who is this guy? And uh, it's actually a pretty incredible story. So let's, let's read the beginning of it. It says this. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door, standing room only. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring Jesus to him because of the crowd. So, they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. <laughs> Can you imagine that? So Jesus returns home, kind of like this rock star returning home, because he's word has spread about him. He's healed some people. He's said some amazing things. He's taught like nobody has ever taught before. And it's, it's all these people coming to see him. And he's, they find out he's staying at some house, not a big town. So everybody comes out to see him. And the, the house is packed. The, the area outside the house is packed. And these people come, hearing that Jesus can, can heal people. And so they bring their paralyzed friend, who's been probably paralyzed for who knows how long. And to get, they can't get the mat through the crowd of people. Nobody wants to let them in because they want to hear what the teacher is saying. 
And so they climb up on the roof, which was, you know, you climb up on roofs back then and they were flat and people would sleep up there in the summer to cool off and whatnot. And they start digging through the roof and Jesus is teaching and the dust is falling down and people are like, what is going on? And the owner of the house is probably like, what the heck do you think you're doing to my roof? And they lower this man down. And what Jesus is, what Jesus does next is, is pretty weird if you, if you think about it. And maybe you know this story. But let's just think about it for a second. Like, what he does, what he says next is, is weird. Like, why, think about it. Why do these men go through so much effort to bring their friend to Jesus? To heal him, right? Like, he's paralyzed. Obviously, they hear Jesus can heal people, so they, they lower him down. This is right out in Mark's account. This is right after Jesus heal, heals the uh, leprous man that we talked about in the last episode. So they, they bring their friend to get healed. They had heard that he could do the impossible, and they wanted their friend healed. And so they brought him to Jesus. And so what they did, they acted on their belief that Jesus could heal their friend. They believed Jesus could heal, and so they brought their friend to Jesus. They acted on it. And so what does Jesus do? Here's where it gets interesting. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Seeing their faith, and we'll, we'll get to this in a second, but seeing their faith, you see Faith, he sees their faith. Faith is proven by what we do. It's not just by what we believe, not just by what we think. Faith is proven by what we do. And we'll, we'll get back to that in a, in a few minutes. But think about it. These guys dig through the roof. They interrupt everybody. They lower their friend down to get him in front of this miracle worker. And after all of that work, all of that, I mean, it'd be a little awkward, right? What does Jesus do? Does he say, Poof! You're, because of your faith, this man is healed. No. <laughs> Jesus says, Child, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> what? That's not, that wasn't why they went through all that work, right? Like, that's nice, Jesus, but uh, you, you see the actual issue here, right? And Jesus basically is saying, Yeah, I do. Do you see the actual issue? See, Jesus knows our real needs better than we do. We think we know what we need. We think we know we want what we want Jesus to do for us. But Jesus knows our real needs better than we do. And so he gives this man the one thing no one else could give him. Forgiveness. He knew the man's heart. He knew the man's true need. He knew the turmoil that was probably going on inside of this man. Yeah, he wanted to, to walk but the, the inner demons, the inner shame or anger or guilt, that needed to be addressed more than just his ability to walk. And so Jesus gave him the one thing no one else could, forgiveness. And I got a question for you. Did the man ask Jesus for forgiveness? It doesn't say the man said anything, right? And Jesus just forgives him. Did the man do anything to get forgiveness? Like, did he, did he take a member's class or some kind of test? Or did he, did he perform some initiation ceremony or light some kind of candle or even write an apology letter to the people he hurt? Did he do anything to be forgiven by Jesus? No. See, Jesus gives forgiveness away like it's free or something. Jesus, think about it. Jesus gives forgiveness away like it's free. Now there's just one problem with what's going on in this house. See, the one problem is what God had said through the prophet Isaiah, like hundreds of years before Jesus. God said through Isaiah, he said, I, God, yes, I alone 
will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. I alone, God is saying, will forgive your sins. And so when Jesus says, son or child, your, your sins are forgiven, the religious leaders who were there checking out what this commotion is about had some issues with this whole thing of Jesus saying, your sins are forgiven. Check out what happens. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And according to Isaiah, that they were right, right? Like you can't blame them too much for, for, for saying this, can you? If Jesus really, in their mind, if Jesus really was a rabbi from God, he would know this. He would know that only God can forgive sins. Who is he to say that, child, your sins are forgiven? He's claiming, Jesus is claiming to have an authority God said only he has. An authority he reserved only for himself. And Jesus is putting himself on God's level, having the ability to forgive sins. See, the things Jesus said were so impossible that they were offensive. People were offended by the impossible things Jesus said. They're offensive unless Jesus isn't just a rabbi. The story goes on. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? I think people are thinking, oh yeah, things are about to get good. People standing there, all right, Jesus is going to do something here. But think about it. What is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or, or get up and walk? The easier thing to say is your sins are forgiven, right? Because there's no proof. You don't see immediate results if it's, if it's true or not. It's a whole lot easier to say your sins are forgiven. But what, think about it, what's actually more impossible? I think Jesus is turning this around. It might be easier to say sins are forgiven, but actually doing it, see, that's a different thing. See, that's harder. Actually forgiving sin is harder. It's impossible for everyone except, well, let's, let's watch and see how the story goes on. So, still Jesus talking. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man, that's how Jesus liked to refer to himself, that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, wouldn't you? The man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the amazed to the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. No kidding. <laughs> like, for, I understand miracles seem unbelievable. They seem impossible because that doesn't happen, right? But that's the point of miracles, that they don't just happen. See, just, these miracles were just as unbelievable to the people who were actually there and saw it with their own eyes. We've never seen anything like this. <laughs> no kidding. Why do you think so many people followed Jesus? Why do you think they followed him around? Why do you think there was no room left in the house he was talking in and around the house? And he always was trying to get away from crowds so he could be with his, his followers. Why do you think Jesus caught everyone's attention? Why do you think there were religious leaders hanging on every word to try to catch him in something? 
But Jesus' miracles weren't just for fun. They weren't just magic tricks. Jesus' Jesus's miracles had a point. See, Jesus' miracles were proof. They were proof of his true identity, that he was God in a body. We call this, this the religious word is the incarnation, that Jesus was fully human, 100% human, and fully God, 100% God, melded together somehow in a, in a way that only God can do. He was fully human and fully God. And the miracles were meant to prove that he was actually God on earth. And so what is all this, this story of this man being lowered down and Jesus forgiving him and then healing him? What does this mean for us? Like, what does it mean for us right now? And I think it's this. Jesus did the impossible to prove he can forgive and heal the impossible. Jesus did the impossible to prove he can forgive and heal the impossible. And I think that's why this account, this story of the the man being lowered down and healed is so important for the moment we are in right now. The impossible things Jesus did proved he is God. And there's nothing that was more impossible than him predicting that he would die and then rise again three days later and then actually doing it and then appearing to over 500 people that saw him die and then saw him alive again. See, Jesus proved he is the only one with the authority to forgive sin. He is the only one who has the ability to heal the separation that, that the pain we've caused others has, has created with God, the separation that we've created with God, the separation we've created with each other, and the separation we've, we've created with ourselves where we don't even like being around ourselves sometimes. But he also proved that he is more than willing to forgive. Not only that he can forgive, but that he is more than willing to forgive. See, think about this. If Jesus is God, and I truly believe he proved he was, if Jesus was God, the only person with the authority to judge our sins, right? Only God can judge me. True. The only person with the authority to judge our sins is the only person who died to forgive our sins. I'm going to say it again so it sinks in. The only person with the authority to judge our sin is the only person who died to forgive our sin. And he offers that forgiveness for free. We don't have to do it. Just like the man on the mat, we don't have to do anything to earn it. There's nothing we can do to erase our past. The only thing that can forgive our sins is Jesus. And you know what? Maybe you feel like you can't forgive yourself. I get that. But let me tell you plainly, it's not your authority to forgive yourself. It's not your authority to not forgive yourself. You don't have that authority. You're not God. If Jesus forgives it, it's forgiven. If Jesus forgives it, it's forgiven. You don't get to be harder on yourself than God himself is harder on you. And it might take work. And yeah, it will probably take time. But remind yourself, when those feelings come, like, I just can't forgive myself for whatever that is. Remind yourself, Jesus himself forgives me, so I can forgive me. And so if you've never had a point in your life where you've accepted Jesus' forgiveness, you've said, yeah, you know what? I'm not perfect. And it's more than that. I've hurt people on purpose. I've caused pain 
by my selfishness. I need forgiveness. There's nothing I can do to take that sin, that, that pain I've caused away. I need Jesus' forgiveness. Then tell him. If there's never been a point in your life, tell him, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your forgiveness. I accept it. I accept your forgiveness. I know there's nothing I can do to earn it. There's nothing I can do to change the past. You are the only one who can heal and forgive me. I accept that forgiveness. Make me your child. Just tell him that. And he will come in to your life and forgive you and heal you and clean you from that sin, from that guilt. And if that's something you want to do or have done from watching this, tell us. Email us at, your, at uh, info at yourcrosscreek.com so that we can walk with you in this and tell you what's next. But once we accept what he's forgiven in us, see there's more. Once we accept what he's forgiven in us, we can forgive others. See, we can forgive the impossible in others because Jesus forgives the impossible in us. We can forgive the impossible in others because Jesus forgives the impossible in us. But they don't deserve it, you might say. And no, they don't deserve it. Neither did you. You don't know what they did. I don't know what they did. I really don't. And I know there's horrible things that happened to you that weren't your fault, that people chose to do, that hurt you. I don't know what they did. But I do know you were forgiven so that now you can forgive. They haven't even said they're sorry or asked for forgiveness. I know. I know. But they need to be held accountable. There needs to be justice. Yeah, probably. But you still need to forgive. See, the thing is, forgiveness is not about them. It's about you. And you know this. You're smart. Being willing to forgive is being willing to heal. Being willing to forgive is being willing to heal. Yeah, it gives them a chance to heal. But it definitely heals you. What happens when you're, when you're holding on to that hurt? You're holding on to it, just that anger, and it's just festering inside of you. That only hurts you, right? They, they're fine. They don't care what's going on. You're the one festering about it. And think about this. If you are a Jesus follower, pay attention. If you're a Jesus follower, refusing to forgive is refusing to trust. Not just refusing to heal, but refusing to forgive is refusing to trust. See, when we choose to forgive, especially when they deserve justice, especially when they haven't asked for forgiveness. When we choose to forgive, we choose to trust that Jesus is the one taking care of us. Jesus is the one who will ensure that justice will happen on his time, not ours. See, when we choose to forgive, we are choosing to release the judgment we want to take from him, the judgment we want to execute for him. When we choose to forgive, we are choosing to trust that Jesus is in charge. And just as Jesus didn't tell the man that he was forgiven, like didn't just tell the man he was forgiven, but he proved it, we need to prove it. No, we won't heal their sicknesses and that type of thing usually. But see, the man's friends proved their faith. They didn't just believe it. They actually did something with it. They proved their faith by digging through that roof and bringing their friend to Jesus. Remember when we said faith is proven by what we do? Well, in the same way, Forgiveness is proven by what we do. 
not just by what we say or feel. Forgiveness is proven by what we do. And that might look like you stop bringing it up. If somebody hurt you, like a spouse or, or a parent or something, maybe you forgive them and you stop bringing it up. You let the past be the past. Do we forget? Probably not. Do we learn from it? Yeah. But we don't need to keep bringing it up. We give them room to change. Maybe it might mean a kind word. That might be proof of forgiveness. And I know this might seem silly, but maybe it means commenting kindly on a social media post. Showing them that, you know what? They are forgiven. You will actually interact with them kindly. Maybe it's sending them a letter. Maybe it's actually having a conversation with them. And instead of telling them how they hurt you, you listen to them. You maybe try to understand where they're coming from. Understand where they've been hurt and that hurt caused hurt to you. Maybe it means serving them in some way. And it definitely, not maybe, it definitely means praying for them. Not just praying that they'll see things your way, not just praying that they'll change, but actually praying for them, that they will see God's love, that God will show them his love in a way that they cannot imagine. We churchy people like to say that God will bless them, right? Pray for them, that they will see God's blessing in their life. But they haven't changed. They haven't repented. They haven't whatever. It doesn't matter. See, the thing is, Jesus followers, if you are a Jesus follower and you want to claim that title, Jesus followers go first. Jesus followers go first. Loving our neighbors as ourselves, the number one command Jesus gave us, loving our neighbors as ourselves means taking the first steps to show others who Jesus is. Taking the first step to show others what type of forgiveness Jesus offers. In faith, in trusting Jesus, we go first. So think about it. Who do you know that needs healing? Who in your life needs forgiveness? Maybe they're angry. Maybe they're antagonistic. Maybe they're just plain mean. Maybe it's just easier to judge them than to forgive them. Like those men who brought their friend to Jesus, bring them to Jesus anyway. Pray for them. Bring them to Jesus. This man's friends did what they could and then let Jesus do his thing, right? They had no idea what would actually happen. They had no idea this would make it into the Bible. They just brought their friend to Jesus. And so for us, forgive what you can see. Forgive what you can see and let Jesus deal with what you can't see. You never know what bringing people to Jesus will actually do, what transformation will take place because of his forgiveness. Do your part and trust the one who can truly heal what needs to be healed. So do we want, do you want the chaos around you to calm? Do you want the chaos inside of you to calm? Do we want peace and unity? We all say we do. The way forward is forgiveness. A forgiveness that's rooted in the forgiveness only Jesus gives. And so first accept Jesus's forgiveness for yourself. He's forgiven it. Accept it. And then forgive those who have hurt you. Maybe, if it's a political thing, forgive the other side. Because in all honesty, on all honesty, there is no other side in the kingdom of God. We are all God's kids. 
And remember, if you're a Jesus follower, Jesus followers go first. Think about it. What could happen? If Jesus followers around the world, around the country, in our city, in your neighborhood, went first, in your relationships, in your friendships, in your marriage, if the Jesus followers chose to go first, to forgive first, to love first, to assume the best first, what could happen? What could change? See, when the world sees us forgiving the impossible, they will see what is truly possible. When the world sees Jesus followers, sees us forgiving the impossible, they will see what is truly possible. The impossible has been forgiven in you. You are free to forgive the impossible in others and show the world what is truly possible. Thank you, John, for that healing, forgiveness, something we could all use more of right now. So thank you for that. Uh, this is one of our favorite parts of the production, if you will. Yes. Because we get to give something away, because God loves to give stuff away. Today we're giving away a gift certificate to Valiant. To the sandwich, the winner is... Josh F. You get $25 to Valiant the sandwich. Feel free to spend more if you want. It's wow. a great spot. That's amazing. Yeah. A great spot in downtown. Uh, this, speaking of downtown, mm -hmm. this week's giveaway is also downtown. But it's not a food place. I know. Mind blown. Record scratch. Right? Insert record scratch here. It is to cook stationery. Uh, cook stationery is a great Salem icon spot downtown. And they sell stationery. But they sell a bunch of other really great items too. Uh, cards, pens, anything you want to create with your hands. Cook stationery pretty much has it. And the thing we love about Cook Stationery isn't just what they sell downtown, but it's also just the way they are, especially on social media. So check them out on social media. They're really positive. They're absolute cheerleaders for the Salem community, especially downtown. Um, and we just love their, their idea of just being a community over being on competitors. So please check out Cook Stationery. Enter to win $25 to Cook Stationery this week on social media. Um, if you don't follow us on social media, that's okay. You can enter using the website or uh, the emails. Send us an email and say, I want to be entered to win Cook Stationery. I want some really cool gel pens or yeah. whatever people buy. Amazeballs sticky notes. Yeah. 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 Really cool stuff. Yeah. All right. So that's it for us. We have one, two thi little things yep. and one big thing and your magic trick, yep. which is bigger than the big thing. It's, I wouldn't. Get your hopes up. Definitely do it. So the two little things are, if you're um, a kid, we have kids content for you. Not that you're little, but you're little kids. Um, but that's on the website for you. Check it out. It's new every week. We say it every week, but do it. Check it out. There's some really great videos and content for kids of pretty much any age. So we want you guys to be um, introduced to who Jesus is and what following Jesus means. Mm -hmm. So that's a way for you to do that. The second thing is, uh, if you're not in a Connects group, you can join a Connects group. Even if you're not interested in joining a connect group yet, we have questions coming up at the end of the episode for you and they're in the show notes. Uh, so just a way for you to take this content and ingest it and digest it and process it. So check out those questions. And the big thing that we want to say yeah. is there's a drive-in party happening. Yes. 
yes, on January 31st, 4.30 to 5.30 um, on a Sunday night. It's a great way for you to see real people, the real people of Cross Creek. Um, in and real time. In real time. And we're gonna sing some songs together. John's gonna share a short message. And there'll be treats, it'll be fun, there'll be music, it'll be safe. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So uh, you can RSVP online and save your parking spot. Please do. So check it out. There's more information. You can also ask questions uh, via our website if you have questions about the drive-in service. But we're excited about our drive-in party. That's it's, right. It's, it's, that's right. So that's it for us. Except for my magic trick. That's right. Which After, we're all excited about. <laughs> to all of us. What is going to happen? Nobody knows. Yeah. After this, you're going to check out the questions. But first, I'm going to make myself disappear. Whoa. That was intense. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for taking part in online church at home. And now I got to go find uh, my husband, Aaron, because he straight disappeared. Babe, we got to clean up his stuff. Leave me alone here. So enjoy this episode and this part two of a possibly of what? <laughs> it's impossible. impossible. It's impossible. I bet I can edit that out. <laughs> Maybe there's there's guilt or, or shame or anger. See, the deal is pork <laughs> tartar.